Welcome to episode 247 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and my guest this week is, is it Elwood Blues? Oh no, it's Guy Searle. How you doing, Guy? Hey, it's it's great to be sort of seen and to sort of see others. That's that's how my life is these days. Yeah, well, glad it's you're really, here. It's really kind of, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's a whole lot of fun when I'm driving to work. It's like pinballs. <laughs> the dings <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and that that uh chuckle there is mr jeff gamets back on the show how are you doing jeff I, i'm doing well and uh it really does feel wonderfully meta to be able to to look into guy's eyes and see myself i think i can see him when he wave yeah <laughs> well so we're glad you're both here. Uh, so we've got uh, some good stuff to talk about this week. Uh, lots of uh, stories, a lot of stories that happened this week. Beta, uh, we got a, a pending release here coming up uh, very soon here. Uh, got a couple of good topics about podcasting and uh, and uh, I think it's going to be in touch with streaming this week too. So lots of great stuff to talk about, but uh, let's just jump right into news like we always do. Uh, first story here is Apple is working on Beat Studio Buds plus earphones. Apple's uh, developing a new version of the Beat Studio Buds called the Beat Studio Buds Plus. Uh, signs of which were discovered in iOS 16.4 release candidate. Seems like lots of things have been discovered this, uh, in there this week. Um, the, the Buds Plus looks similar to the Studio Buds that were uh, initially introduced in 2021. And uh, it was suggested that... Uh, there will be an upgraded to from the H1 to W1 chip, but uh, it looks like uh, it's going to probably feature the H1. So we'll see where, where it happens. You know, this is a crowded field of buds. Um, and uh, uh, Jeff, being the audiophile you are, do you think this is going to be something that Apple's going to sell a lot of? I don't I, I'm kind of wondering. Uh, I think it will sell just fine. Beats is a very popular brand. And. Uh, and yeah, so it, it will sell. I won't buy them. The sound profile is not for me. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's too muddy for for me. But I appreciate that for a lot of people that uh, that bass that they get out of Beats. That's yeah, the thing. I've so got yeah, the old I think it'll sell just fine. I got the headphones from a while ago. They they still probably should have sold them. I don't hadn't used them in so long. But then, no, they make some good stuff. Uh, guys, are you, are you something like this? Would you buy that? Are you you're happy with the AirPods? I'm sure you are. Well, you know, I I look at this as more of a stopgap for Apple until they sell their own earbuds and headphones. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think guy, uh, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, Beats serves a completely different market than. Apple's own earbuds do. Um, Apple's earbuds, while they certainly aren't comparable to, you know, some really good Sennheisers or even, you know, like Audio Technica uh, 50Xs mm-hmm. or the Sony uh, 7586, I think, whatever, whatever those, those headphones are that, that everybody swears at or two. Um, they're for earbuds. They're relatively flat and they sound pretty good without overdriving certain parts of music that uh, other manufacturers like to emphasize. Yeah, no, no, that, that is true. It, but they'll, I mean, they'll sell, they'll sell plenty because Beats pretty much always does. But again, like Jeff, you know, this isn't something that I'm all that interested in buying. Yeah. Yeah, me either. I mean, I've got plenty of headsets and ear, earbuds for to last me for probably a lifetime. Um, so, um, next story. I I did notice this, and I saw you just tweet tweeted this, Jeff. That uh, Dark Skies database went down, and car- all the carrot uh, all the carrot uh, users had to switch databases. Uh, what happened? Did you hear hear what happened there, Jeff? Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but okay. I can tell you what happened for me, which is that Apple toyed with my emotions and then ripped my heart out. (laughs) So I I noticed the, this morning for me that um, uh, the dark sky app started working again. 
And so I had about 45 minutes where I had glorious dark sky and then it stopped. And, and then about that time, um, uh, any app that I had that was using the, the dark sky data that stopped using that. So my guess is that Apple was in the process of switching over how the data sources are identified. And while that happened, the dark sky app started working again for a little bit. And, uh, and then Apple just ripped all our hearts out. Yeah. Some people call that Thursday. Uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) yes. I just stop and think about that, but you're right. Yep. That's just Thursday. Yep. And there wasn't really much press on it. Um, so which, which the database did you switch to? Um, I'm now using the Apple database, which seems to be matching what the dark sky database was doing. So if that continues to hold true, then, um, okay, great. That's, I'll I'll be happy. Um, uh, when the dark sky database stopped being uh, a reliable access point, Mm -hmm. I was trying all of the other, uh, weather, uh, uh, databases and it didn't matter how accurate people said they were they were equally crap at least yeah. for me yeah it's uh, but uh, so far tough. today apple weather has been uh, uh pretty accurate for what's going on here that's good news it's good news um the uh the guy do you have anything else on that i don't know if do you use carrot no, I, I pretty much just use Apple's weather app. Um, on my computer, I sometimes I'll go over to the uh, the NOAA website or um, some of the other ones that are out there. But on my phone, it's like, look, I just want to know if it's going to be cold where I'm going or where I am and what the weather is going to be like. And I I just can't get too excited about it. I know I, I know that a lot of people really for and you know honestly i never even looked at the dark sky app so maybe maybe Mm -hmm. i'm the one who's missing out on something that was you know great glorious and beautiful but um i just want to know what the weather is where i'm going yes i think that's what most of us the the reason dark sky was so important for me and 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 presumably for a bunch of other people around where I live because of the, the wailing and gnashing of teeth that we've all been experiencing. <laughs> we have so many microclimates, like, like a two block area, it can be sunny. And then the next two blocks, it's uh it's a crazy snowstorm. Yeah. And so the, the generalized data th- and uh, forecasts that were coming from the other services was basically useless because it would give me data from it was like, like the, a generalization. Yeah. So yeah. And, and whatever station they were using for their temperature reading, it could be 10 degrees different than, uh, than where I am. And, you know, if you're talking the difference between 30 degrees and 40 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, that, that really matters. Well, the the weirdest weather experience I've ever had was it was pouring down rain in our backyard and sunny and bright in our front yard down in Fort Lauderdale. So oh, I don't know if that counts as as being like micro micro weather. Um, of course, uh, that we was, call that Thursday here in. Yeah. Oh, uh, Thursday. Colorado. Okay, yeah. that's uh, along with sorry. the apple ripping out of the heart thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Next story here is uh, the new chat GPT. That seems like all, we talk, all we've been talking about lately is uh, Google ha- is already in on it now. It's called, if I pronounce this correctly, BARD, B-A-R-D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, they opened up the AI access to to everybody. Uh, and you, you went on a uh, wait list, similar to what Bing did, did with Microsoft did with Bing. Um, it's supposed to be an experimental conversation AI service for Google search. You go to, you can join a wait list. I was like, okay, I guess gotta be waiting for a while. Well, what happened? I joined, uh, I think I joined on Tuesday and then Wednesday says, oh, we're ready for you. So I 
ended up getting access to it, and uh, it's interesting to see uh, the comparisons of how it does. Did you get your access yet, Jeff? I have no idea. Oh, okay. In in my defense, I got the email from Google a couple days ago ah, okay. saying, hey, uh, uh, sign up. And I waited at least a full day before I even bothered to think about it. And uh, and then finally signed up, I guess, yesterday afternoon, maybe. Oh, okay. So you got, got a few days. And and I have not bothered to look and see if I if I've received an email from from Google yet. Well, it's just as well that you didn't, because Google is going to rip your heart out because it's Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, and unlike Time Lords, I don't have hearts to spare. <laughs> so I thought I'd be doing something fun with an, an, uh, uh, and play with Guy a little bit here. I typed in uh, uh, bio of Guy Searle, see what come, would come up. And oh it God. does say Guy Searle is a content creator, a writer, and associate producer for Enso Media Firm. Did you ever work for that oh, company? That's my son. That's your son. Okay. So maybe that's maybe my, okay. That's, my, that's, came that's up. Guy Searle Jr. <laughs> so, oh, so I came wow, with your he son. He just started like a week and a half ago at that place. Isn't, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of um, scary. But then, then, and then it comes. Then it brings up a, uh, a second sentence. Longtime Mac user insists on inflicting his opinions on technology, even when others <laughs> wish he couldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, when I came up with that line, uh, I thought it was brilliant, and I laughed so hard. And now here we are, fifteen years later. It's still bringing smiles to the world around us. So okay, it, 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 so it makes I'll both you it. and your son in, in this in this. Uh, in yeah, this which is which is you know I, you put us together and we're like forty five years old. I guess I don't know. Yeah. And then it's and then to, to close it says it and his podcast guys daily drive is a popular day destination for Mac enthusiasts. <laughs> popular, huh? <laughs> Let me think about that for a second. So uh, the bottom line is it's very experimental. I put my name in there to see what come up would have come up with, and yeah, it, it's a mixed bag of stuff. Uh, so I think they got a little ways to go with this one. I mean, I've been using ChatGPT, and it's, it seems pretty solid. Uh, I did try Bing's as well, and uh, so I think I think this is interesting to see how this is going to go. I know Jeff, you've had thoughts of of this. You know, you're you're a very accomplished writer. I, I'm I'm an okay writer. It it it, it kind of I'm finding it to help me along a little bit to, to do better at writing. But uh, is this something that you're, are you going to think it's going to be something you'll use in the future? Not in its current state. It's not something that, no. that I would, that I would use yeah. now as it evolves and um, potentially becomes better and more reliable and does less hallucinating. Um, I could see it as a, as a research tool. Yeah. And, that's you know, what like, I'm using it for. Yeah, like tell it, uh, summarize the information about whatever, and then it goes out, finds all the data, brings it back to me, and gives me sources, so that uh, right. I I have a starting point for my research. Yeah. Uh, but as far as letting it write the content for me, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I just don't see that. I think it's something it gives you ideas. That's that, that's least in my in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, that said, it uh, tools like this at some point are going to be used a lot for content generation, yeah. and I think we'll end already up already is. Uh, yeah. That's true. It is, but it's going to become more prevalent. And so, what we will have basically two levels of. Uh, of content creation. You'll, you'll have the AI content creation and you have the human content creation and you'll use the AI content creation much in the same way you're already seeing happen with, uh, with some news and other content sites where they're just letting the AI craft articles out of whole cloth for them. And yeah. then they run them uh, or post them at just like any other piece and then you'll have the content that's actually being created by people. And it, I think at some point it'll be very clear which type of content you are, uh, you're reading. 
And uh, I hate to classify it this way, but the AI content, that'll be your clickbait content. And then the human stuff that, that will be the, um, the, the more fleshed out and, uh, and more professional content. Yep. All right. I'm uh, kind uh, of an opposite mind of that. I think right now you're seeing the difference between AI generated content and human content. But as these AIs become more proficient and become better at uh, picking and choosing the, the words that they're going to spit out, that it's going to be get harder and harder to determine what's, what's human and what's AI. Uh, I, I actually wasn't all that interested in AI chat. Uh, Carl Madden from the Mac and forth show. Uh, I had mm-hmm. him on a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about it after we got done. And he was like, look, just type in review for one of your microphones. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. So I typed in review a Lewitt 240 Pro. And it spat out about 600 words of a pretty damn good, <laughs> damn good review of a Lewitt 240, uh, 240 Pro condenser microphone. However, because I had one and I knew what the specs were, I saw some glaring errors mm-hmm. in the information that it was putting out. There you go. But it was well written. And most people who didn't know the profile of uh, that particular microphone would be like, oh, well, that sounds like it's just the perfect mic for me. And they, I don't think they would have been able to tell that that was written by an AI. Now, I've been doing mm-hmm. reviews of microphones and interfaces over at MyMac recently. And after reading that, I've found that I'm being much more careful in how I phrase things in the reviews that I'm writing, just so nobody thinks that I'm, you know, starting to use an AI, you know, chat AI to write the bulk of it. And then I just change some words here and there. And, and it's spooky as hell how Mm -hmm. well, and it's well-written. It really is well-written and it, it's, it's almost uncanny Valley kind of thing. If you know that it's AI, if you don't know that it's AI, you may not be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guy, I, I'm totally with you. And I agree that uh, it's going to get harder and harder to tell the difference between the AI written content and the human written content. Well, what I really mean when I say there will be these two levels, it's the the mass produced, the, the factory word stuff that... Yeah that needs to be spewed out. That's where you're going to see AI uh, dominate the, uh, the more specialized pieces, the, uh, the deeper uh, analysis pieces. Deeper cuts. Yeah. Like uh, the New Yorker Smithsonian magazine, you are not going to see unless they're doing it as part of, uh, of an example of something, you're not going to see AI generated articles, places like that. Well, I hope not. Um, we're at, and the the part of it that really worries me is that we are just on the beginning cusp of chat oh, yeah. AI, and it's already branching out into art and other aspects of content creation. And I know you know talking about Carl Madden, he's signed up for some kind of service where. You can, you basically, you take someone's voice and you feed it into this, this algorithm. And then you type in what you want that voice to say. Well, he did it. He did it for me. He used my voice to do it. And I could tell that it wasn't me, but it sounded exactly like me with my inflections and, you know, how I sometimes go up when I'm speaking, you know, I mean, it was all there and it was scary as hell. Yeah. That is my live or in my Memorex. Yeah, people under the age of forty probably don't even know what that means. Yeah, the rest of us though, we totally get your reference, old man. Yeah, yeah old man, <laughs> take a look right. at yourself. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. A couple of uh, YouTube uh, TV stories. Uh, YouTube TV's price uh, was going up uh, to seventy three dollars a month. It's going up another eight bucks uh, uh, starting uh, this month uh, as we record this. 
they are going to drop the price of the 4K, which I found to be kind of crazy that they were charging $19.99 a month for, for 4K. It'll be dropped down to $9.99 a month. So if you want to, to get uh, 4K content, uh, it's good. Um, it's been around since 2017, so it you know it was it was priced at 35 bucks when it first came out. But hello, all the licensing yeah. fees are starting to get to them pretty pretty good here. You know, they want to have the content. I mean, they did. I think they just lost MLB, and uh, they're losing other a few other channels. So, um, but they do have over over 100 channels available, and you can add get add-ons like uh, HBO and Stars. I I like their interface. I've I've tried it. I've, I tried it again just to see how it was because I've been trying desperately to try to figure out a way of getting away from Xfinity Comcast, but I wasn't successful. So, so I can say goodbye to YouTube TV. I'm not going to pay for that when I already have already, I'm already paying for Xfinity. So uh, what do you got? What did you think? guy? You know, this has been the, the problem with cord cutting that I think a lot of people that were pushing for it either didn't anticipate or glossed over it. When, when, you know, when it was, when it was all cable TV, all right, well, you know, it was kind of expensive, but it would, you knew what that price was going to be month to month. And if they raised it, you could complain and then they would drop it again for a year Yeah. with, with the new streaming overlords, every single channel out there thinks that they deserve four ninety nine a month. And the problem with that theory is that most of them don't. So when you have a service like YouTube TV, like Fubo, like Hulu, like, you know, all of these, these other grand unification streaming sites that try to put everything together into one package, you end up, you end up at a price that's basically, you know, especially when you throw in uh, internet access, that's basically the same price you were paying before with cable. The only big difference is maybe the UI is, is, either different or better or worse. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? I think this, like the Beats earbuds, is not a product that interests me. Um, yeah. I, I've always looked at the YouTube TV thing as as an alternative for people who wanted to have a lot of content but didn't want to pay uh Comcast or Roadrunner or who whoever is the uh the the content bad guy of choice. Monolithic. Yeah. yeah. And part of the deal was you needed to be able to do this in a way where it was more affordable. Mm -hmm. And that's gone now. And yeah. uh, but the, the other thing is I could see people doing it because they um they wanted to be able to to watch the content they liked when they're not at home. But the cable service providers, they offer s streaming to some degree with uh, with your cable package now. So that benefit right. is gone as well. It's the yeah. illusion of freedom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, and we're going to talk about streaming a little more depth here just a little bit here so uh let's uh move on and talk about apple tv plus here they uh shared the 23rd 2023 friday night major league baseball schedule subscription subscription is now required because they were showing those games for free to get everybody to entice people to watch the games on friday nights um it's going to include two live games every friday throughout the 2023 regular season it'll be broadcast to stream in 60 countries and regions and 13 uh, from 13 last season with no local broadcast restrictions. Um, so they'll start Friday, April 7th with the Chicago Cubs, my home, my home team against the Texas Rangers in the afternoon. And then they have one, uh, Atlanta Braves taking on the San Diego Padres and, uh, 7 PM at night. So interesting, uh, thing too, is because, uh, you know, Apple TV plus isn't available to businesses because businesses tend to show sports in their bars and such. So they have, then they now have made it available to with direct TV business customers that, you know, like restaurants and bars, hotel lounges, retail stores and other venues. So now they can show, you know, those games in other places. So Apple just continues to evolve with this. The one thing I am disappointed about is the fact that that's the same gosh darn announcers that were last year, which were just horrible. Um, and, and you have no choice in the games. 
Right. They're just they, whatever I mean, the games that they're allowed. They, to they do that with the, with the and the other channels too. The, 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 uh, what do you think, but guy? This is. I think it still becomes po- it is popular. I think people on a Friday night want to who are sports fans want to want to be able to watch the game, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, I've never been a huge baseball fan, and mm-hmm. I think that the the fact that it's it is still restricted you can i mean the, the only real benefit is if it's your home team and you know you don't have blackout restrictions other than that it's like oh well it's this team that's you know 14 hours away in that direction and this team yeah. that's over there on the other coast that i don't care about then you know why are you going to pay for it if it's a couple of teams or or even if both games aren't really something that you're that interested in yeah. Yep. And and until they remove the local blackout restriction, which is a rule from like 70 years ago, honestly. Yeah. Well, same thing with football. Wow. Same thing with like most yeah. of the major sports. They want to put butts in seats. Yeah. Well, that, that's changed. Anything you wanted to add on this, Jeff? Um, first, the entire sports industry is completely screwed up. Yeah, just across the board. And every time I hear uh, people that that are fans of whatever uh, spectator sport fan that or thing that they're into, it just makes me it just validates for me why I'm not into this. Um, That said, um, Apple having MLB, I think, is actually a good thing. Because having a major spectator sport franchise as part of your service is a feather in your cap, adds validity to your service. So, yeah, good, good on Apple for having that, and uh, uh, and for everyone that's frustrated by whatever limitations you're experiencing with that, I'm sorry you have to deal with that. You should be treated better as a fan and a consumer of that sport. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. So, um, one thing I threw here and also in the show notes. Don't forget, for those of you who are T-Mobile subscribers, you are going to be able to get free MLB TV subscription. It's like a hundred and sixty dollar value, whatever it is. Um, and you get a free subscription uh, this coming Tuesday as we record this on March twenty eighth. I think you have it just before the season starts. You can you can jump in on that, and they've been doing it for the last five or six years now, which has been great. For those of you like to enjoy watching baseball, uh, check that out. Oh, uh, speaking of T-Mobile, uh, after our discussion over at Mac Voices, I got that um, T-Mobile scam thing. Oh, the, uh, oh yeah, the, the scam shield. Scam sleeve or sieve or whatever whatever they call it. Scam shield. Did not have a single scam call today. Not a single one. I was stunned. Go. I've been busy. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll start getting those calls coming in. Yeah. Well, you got it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I, I can sometimes use that break. I know that's on me. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's great. No, I, Dave, you looked I, over like you, you were expecting I was going to have something to say. Uh, no, I, I, I'm used to enough that I, I would wait and anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, us far too well. Yes. Um, couple more stories here. Apple reportedly is planning on releasing movies in theaters uh, to increase spending uh, to $1 billion uh, per year. They, they plan to increase uh, its spending on movies, uh, and uh, it's going to be released globally. This is a report through from Bloomberg on Mac, Mac Rumors. Uh, Apple, TV Plus, eight Apple TV Plus movies like Coda and Cherry debuted in select theaters for a few weeks in 2021, but apparently Apple wants to instigate uh, it broader, more conventional theater releases in the future, yeah, facilitating, facilitating by bigger movie budgets. Uh, the movie is designed to raise the profile of Apple TV Pluses in Hollywood, attract subscribers, and create cultural events. Um, I find this super interesting that the fact that Apple continues to evolve in entertainment, and it, I think that this is just going to make them grow even more beyond what we're so used to with a Mac or an iPad or an iPhone. Um, what do you think, Jeff? Okay, so on one hand, this is not news. This is just business when you're in the entertainment industry. On the other hand, right. this is news because it's Apple, and right. they're, turns out, an entertainment company as well. Um, what? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I'm glad you were sitting down for that one. Surprise. 
Um, I, I'm not surprised to, to see this happen. Apple made it very clear when they moved beyond um, what was the very first thing they, they were doing carpool right karaoke now? as uh, yeah. as their own little thing. Right. Right. When they started and then they started hiring people to run the show, if you will, and, uh, to, to run their whole entertainment side. And they started hiring the right people. So it, it was clear that when they, they went for the big talent for making stuff happen, they were very serious about being a legit big name entertainment company. So yeah, yeah throwing a billion dollars into, uh, into their uh, movie budget for getting content out there. Yeah, that's that's a business investment and not a surprise. Yeah, no, not a surprise at all. A um, couple, one, two more stories here real quick. Um, one, uh, we just talked about T-Mobile. Uh, Apple has stopped allowing Sprint iPhone activations, removing Sprint res- references from the online store. They're no longer allowing customers who have purchased an iPhone uh, or cellular iPad or an Apple Watch to activate a device with a now defunct mobile carrier Sprint. Um, and they've removed remaining references to Sprint from the online store. Uh, and Sprint should not should be an option anymore for connectivity. They, you know, they, they emerged uh, with T-Mobile back in 2020. And this isn't going to really change with a lot of people. But uh, people move on. It's T-Mobile now. You know, and Sprint yeah. is in the past. Um, and T-Mobile is not, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a cellular company, which means that right. there's some skeeviness happening there, no matter how you slice it. But the, the skeeviness factor is relatively low for when you talk about T-Mobile. Um, their commercials aren't nearly as interesting as Mint, but, you know, I mean, you take the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> that, just, just, just an announcement. Uh, and uh, last story I want to talk about here is the AirTag helping the DEA in a, nar- a narcotics investigation. Uh, so our friend Andrew Ory at Apple Insider wrote this. Um, search warrant has revealed how the, the DEA used an AirTag in an investigation, the first federal agency to actually known to do so. Uh, the, in 20, May of 2022, border agencies, two packages from Shanghai, China, inside one was a pill press and a machine to compress materials into tablets, and some pill dyes were in the other. Uh, they thought they were being sent to illegal narcotics uh, to an illegal narcotics producer, so they brought in the DEA and the investigators uh, inspected the packages and decided to hide an air tag inside the pill press to track its movements instead of canceling it. This is an interesting story here, and it goes on to, to talk about. Uh, you know the, how an air tag can be sensed uh, when it's it's being uh, when it's moving around, and of course you are warned. The fact if uh, if it's an air tag that's not yours, you're going to be told that it's you have a rogue air tag that's trying to track you. Um, so I think you're seeing this more and more, and then for some for the government to look at this and acknowledge that this could be something to do. Thought that was pretty interesting here. What do you think, Jeff? I'm completely baffled by this. The the decision to use an air tag in this way makes no sense to me at mm-hmm. all, um, because well, you, you already brought it up. You, as someone who doesn't own the air tag, at some point is going to get an alert saying, "Hey, there's an air tag around here that's not yours and has been with you for a while." Why would you risk a serious uh, criminal investigation? By throwing an air tag into uh, into evidence that you're waiting to see where it goes, that's absolutely crazy. Um, then the other part that baffles me is if an air tag is actually a more reliable tracking device than what uh, the federal government has available. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I think you gotta wonder. Well, I wonder. I wonder if. They were if they had modified it in such a way that it yeah, wouldn't they don't mention. Yeah, that it that it wouldn't announce itself. Yeah, yeah. But it would still have to. It would still have to go through some kind of network that was connected to Apple devices. So I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah. Well, in this case, apparently it worked well, but 
what the hell? <laughs> exactly. Thank God. Thank God. Low level drug dealers are just so stupid. They are. <laughs> they must've been using Android devices. Yeah. That's it. There you go. Uh, before we move on, I wanted to make sure I mentioned the chat room, youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Thanks for some folks being in the chat, including Kelly Gamont. How are you doing, Kelly? And hey, uh, Kelly. Paul, Bur Bur Paul Burry is in there as well. Thanks. How are you doing, Paul? And uh, one thing I'll mention that uh, Kelly brought to my attention, and I missed this, was uh, during the Friday night uh, baseball, they are going to allow you to be able to stream in and choose your local announcers. So if you have a local team that's playing, You'll be able to actually put your local announcers to, to play uh, as the as the announcing team. So, so, so that that's like good. Lego bricks for sports. Yeah. So you can have the one bag of bricks that's the sport you want to watch, and the other bag of bricks, which is announcers, and you stick them together, sort of thing. Pretty much. Well, you know, so, so you make your own broadcast. It it's Friday night, so why not pick announcers for the other game for the other game? So you're listening to the audio from the Chicago Cubs and right. the Texas Rangers, but you're actually watching the San Diego Padres and the New York Yankees. No, you're not doing that. <laughs> oh, well, I'm the, canceling my subscription. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think that would just, and people would just be like, what? What? It'd be, it'd be like a big uh, chaos, utter chaos. All right. Probably play well in San Francisco. Let's go ahead and move on to the topics for this week. Uh, beta iOS 16.4 re release candidate, or also known as RC, has uh, is uh, is out. It's released this week as we record, um, and it's been released to both developers and to um, uh, uh, public beta as well. Uh, and it should, I would say, will come out uh, with uh, within a week. Is that that's generally the case, unless they find any other yeah. bugs. So I think we're pretty confident that a week from uh, this week, uh, the next week, we should say, uh, that uh, it's going to have, uh, it's going to be released. Um, so and there's a ton of stuff in here, and I did put some references to some of the uh, things that are going to be, have been discovered by various news sources here. Um, so uh, they are going to fully optimize the crash detection after false 911 calls. Uh, and uh, they're, they're also going to... Um, they're also seeing, seeing some things like uh, seemingly references new AirPods and AirPods case. So they're starting to see code in, in, in iOS 16.4 that some new products are coming out here. Um, so uh, another interesting thing was adding the voice isolation for cellular calls. Uh, that, that That's a new feature that's going to be added in 16.4 that, uh, that uh, could help in the way, of, uh, uh, the way that FaceTime calls are done with voice over IP. And WhatsApp and others, so giving you you know better voice isolation uh, when it comes to that. Um, and I'm hoping to see more improvements in HomeKit. I'm sure no, you are Jeff as well. Uh, I'm not and, holding my breath. I'm not going to hold my breath on it, but uh, it, it's there. Um, Watch OS nine point four is going to be out. That's that's in release Canada as well. There's uh, they also have it. Uh, it you, it'll prevent you from accidentally silencing your Apple Watch's alarm while sleeping because somebody might be going. Hey, we're oh, I got to turn on. Okay, what is the deal with with <laughs> Apple screwing up their touch interfaces so that yeah. they will do things you don't intend when you aren't expecting? Yeah, exactly. It's just a thing now. Exactly. Um, so, uh, um, so, so, so you have that, and uh, you know, I think Watch OS usually generally is not a really eventful release i mean they, they've got a few couple things here and there that they've added uh the, well, not the point to releases it. anyway yeah generally not so uh and uh there'll be a number of hidden features and uh they are gonna fix uh this horrific bug in apple music that uh oh is syncing God. playlists with other <laughs> with different user libraries i'm like what <laughs> just just why i wanted somebody else's user library uh so yeah, I can't they, stand my own user library. Why would I want to hear somebody else's? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, so this this uh, this version seems like a, quite a some feature ads, but some some bug fixes too here. So uh, this Dave, is a, my favorite part of the Apple Music bug is when uh, the the iCloud system catches that 
it has uh, put one of your playlists in someone else's library. Yeah. And so then it deletes it out, but it deletes it for you too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, we, we've got the links and show notes here for some of the things I got, I, I referenced here. I'm not going to go through all of them here, but we'll definitely be hit, hitting on upon these once uh, it's out in the public for everybody else. Uh, meanwhile, if you're doing, uh, if you're doing beta testing on device, uh, check it out. I haven't noticed anything crazy. It's, it's very solid on the iPhone. Jeff, are you seeing it solid on the iPad? I, I, I think I, I have as well. I've got it on the iPad as well. Yeah. Um, the, the release candidate is so far, uh, playing well for me and I have not seen yet the, uh, the problem that was cropping up for me in the previous release, which was that uh, it, it would just stop seeing anything on Wi-Fi after waking yeah. from sleep. So far, Wi-Fi is working fine. That's good to hear. Good to hear. So check out those links. Um, Next uh, topic I want to talk about is the uh, is podcasts. Uh, the, the, there was an industry report card that was released uh, about a week or so ago um, that uh, showing that Apple podcasts have actually extended its lead on the top overall platform. And I'm not surprised because I noticed that myself doing a podcast and seeing who's downloading and listening to this show. And it seems to be the dominant version of, of the podcast app that is being used. Uh and it's well liked by podcast platform for creators. And the, the survey came from the folks at Pod News. I was going to kind of go through this a little bit and see where things are going here. So Apple Podcast was up about a couple percentage points, then Spotify right behind that. YouTube, which everybody knows here, I get a lot of people listening to the show on YouTube, uh, is there as well. Apple Music and Google Podcasts for some reason is in the top five. I'm kind of surprised. I thought they canceled that. Yeah, I thought they did too. Um, so, but in fact, Apple's podcast, uh, came up in uh, a top, almost every category, only losing out to Spotify and directories and innovation. Uh, overall, uh, they, uh, they, they're still, they're still dominant, um, uh, with this, uh, in this, in this survey. Um, and, uh, interesting information to look through here if you're, especially if you are a podcaster, you want to hear, hear what the things in here and some people complaining things about here like spotify is a nice app but it doesn't support chapters that's annoying uh no one cares about pod google podcasts i thought they were getting rid of it because youtube has now added podcast support in youtube so now you can actually create podcasts the podcaster no they did it because i've started playing with it and they've they've actually added podcasts uh, curation playlists so if you go to a podcaster's site and they have their podcast listed in as podcast. It's actually identifying it as a podcast. Um, so you can so, listen to it through the, through the YouTube, YouTube app website. Okay. And the, and the website. Yeah. Yeah. So I found this was really interesting. See, see how things are and, um, and where things go with all, all three of us here being involved in podcasts. Uh, the guy, what do you think? Is this something that, uh, that doesn't surprise you at all. You do my Mac, and you got uh, get enough listeners that you that listen to the different different uh, platforms. Yeah, um, and honestly, I don't really even care where they listen to the show because, yeah. and most of, most of the services I didn't subscribe to. I I go to them and it's like, oh, I'm on this one too. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so. If it doesn't require any extra effort for me to to put it on somebody else's platform, then sure, why not? You know, I mean, I'm not getting paid for it, no matter no matter right. what's going on. So if somebody else can make some coin from it, fine. Just you know, don't don't screw with it. Don't put in stuff that uh, that isn't there without my permission, or in in the case of my Mac, without uh, Tim's permission. Right for you, um, Jeff. With your experience in podcasts in the past, is this this is surprising with Apple Podcasts? Not with Apple Podcasts. With Spotify, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my my experience has been: you look to Apple Podcasts and then YouTube, and then it doesn't matter after that. Right. And uh, yeah, so seeing Spotify where it is, I have to assume that. Um, Part of what's putting Spotify in that position is having some shows that, even though they weren't losing the money, were big names with exclusive deals. 
Yep. Did I say it wasn't losing them? Was losing them money. Yeah, it yeah. is losing them money. Uh, we won't mention names, but uh, uh, there's a couple big ones on there that they've paid some serious amount of money for them to be exclusive. And people were listening. Well, then that makes sense. But I think podcasting is starting to take a bit of a downfall on the Spotify platform. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty clear. But all these all these apps I discuss are are on 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 iPhone, iPad. They're that they're all usable apps. I mean, I've listened to uh, listened to uh, music and, and podcasts on Apple Music. We're on there as well, and Google Podcasts. Eh. But I think YouTube is a good platform. It's going to probably evolve even more. I mean, you know, we're we're here now streaming on YouTube, so it's. Uh, Something uh, that's that I think Apple, I mean uh, Google is starting to see, and YouTube is starting to see. Um, and then you have you know things like as far as indexes like Pocket Casts. I use Pocket Casts all the time. It's one of my favorite podcatchers, and I've done stuff before on podcatchers. Um, so you have uh, those directories that are right there in the pod podcast index. It's another thing you can look at as far as where the, these directories are. So to be able to find us and be able to listen and to be able to, to consume this these podcasts on, on an iPhone or an iPad, uh, I think is the place that you generally are going to do it. And most of the time, you know, video or audio uh, for that matter. So, uh, I thought interesting report to, to see, uh, where things are going. I haven't seen it as detailed as like this in the as the, in uh, the past year. So, uh, anything else you guys want to add before we move on here? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, Lastly, I wanted to talk, touch a little bit about the future of uh, streaming and the, actually the future of uh, over-the-air TV. Uh, the Verge had an article here, this was a couple weeks ago, um, talking about the future of TV, and it's up, up in the air. Because uh, broadcasters are, are betting on antennas and modern DVRs will help them stay relevant, but it's a stall transition because they're, they want to transition over to the, the the new standard, which we're on right now is AT, ATSC, which is 2.1. They want to move over to 3.0. So, so networks like ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS are eager to get all hooked into this because that, that technology supports 4k HDR and Dolby Atmos and, and all that. And, and that's, we just talked about YouTube TV earlier where they were canceling a lot of, um, uh, channels because of, you know, the, the rebroadcast costs are just, just astronomical. Um, I, I think it's, it, it's going to be a start with this, with this technology. Uh, you got 5g that the, all, all the broadcasters started gobbling up. But when, the, when that, uh, when all the, the, the bandwidth got that, the, the, the megahertz bandwidth, yeah. I think it was the VHF and you, uh, believe in the, buying it from uh, the TV TV channels and you know and then of course that starts affecting their signal when their local signal is not broadcasting which it's a digital signal and you have to have a digital antenna on your roof if you want to be able to watch it then that that's your way of cord cutting and and people don't want to go through that hassle but it's it it'd be interesting to see where the relevance of these um of all these channels will continue to to go uh, as the future ho- where the future holds for these for these networks because you're starting to see them cut shows and realizing that they're not making the the revenue that they used to you know when we, it's not our channels we remember from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s so how that was the pro- those are the primary networks where we all watched and consumed uh, content and it's not anymore there's just so many t- places to to watch stuff um, what do you think Jeff is this something that you think these networks are going to still stick around and yep. and then for the next few years. They'll stick around. They will adapt, and uh, they they will they will find what. Okay, when I say these networks, what I mean is that the the big, uh, ones. The big ones will stick around. Um, I think the uh, the local affiliates we will see some go away, and then um, right. and then other area affiliates will have to kind of pick up the slack. Am I misremembering that in the United States there are certain federal regulations uh, about having uh, the uh, over-the-air access to specific types of content? And if so, it, I could see a day when that becomes the primary focus of over-the-air transmissions, and uh, ev- and then the networks will do s- their just internet streaming for everything else. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a local reason that you had to have local programming to be able to show, um, you know, the, what's going on in the local market. Um, but it seems like those rules have kind of just kind of laxed a little bit. 
Not like in the old days where you, you woke up on Sunday morning at 6 a.m. and they had to show some business affairs or, or local affairs programming because that they were required by the FCC to do that. It's the equivalent of cable access. Yeah, yeah, cable access. Yeah, and then you get the now. regular um, emergency alert system tests. and uh, Right. For emergency alerts, that's the other thing. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, now, now the cable companies are doing it because, you know, there's a constant the, the monthly tests of, and then they take over the every single channel. You can't watch anything for a minute because they're, t- they're doing the, the, the tone test. And this is an emergency uh, the alert from the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. Um, so, uh, or is and, it? And, or is it? That is a good question. <laughs> I mean, the other thing too is free streaming channels are booming. I mean, you you have services like you mentioned earlier, like Pluto TV and uh, Tubi, and a lot of those those services are offering all this free content. To, I mean, even Plex, you know, Plex has its own uh, yeah. channel channel uh, guide now. They're, they're they're starting to expand even more. A lot of these uh, channels, um, you know, you, you, how, how do you compete with that when with 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 uh, cable services like I mentioned earlier? And I'm tired of paying Comcast Xfinity all of my money, and you know I, I just, uh, but but the problem is that they have all the content you want. You know that the, the cable companies have the channels that I want. Where if I go to another service like a like a like a Tubi or a Fubo or one of those other services, well they have this, but they don't have that, and I want this. <laughs> so then you go to the cable company. Okay. No, yeah, you have it all. So, all right, I give up. You win because you want that content. Um, there's, there's, impo- there's some content's important to others, and some not important to, to some as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it it's, it's interesting where this is going to go. I, I like like to see. You know, well, first, I got to get the technology going. You know that this was this mm-hmm. is actually was this was actually demoed at uh, at CES earlier this year uh, with this ATSC. Uh, is is actually stalled in its regulatory craziness, and when the NAB uh, conference is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks here, and we'll definitely hear about the more more of this as far as where things are going in, in the broadcasting world. It's not too interesting no. to a lot of people, but I, I think you know being able to consume this consume this stuff is 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 important too. Go ahead, Doug. go ahead, guy. What this reminds me of is the consolidation of uh, over-the-air broadcast radio, where yeah, radio too. for years and years and years, you had all of these local stations and you would have local DJs with local weather and, and yep. you know, everything would be revolving around, you know, we're the best rock station in Cleveland or, or what have you. And then as the regulations kind of relaxed where you couldn't own more than one radio station in a market, well, that kind of just went away. And that when that happened, corporate radio came in, yeah. bought up most of the radio stations that are out there. And instead of having local DJs and local weather and all the rest of that, you had various people in centralized locations that were putting out content for Cleveland and for Miami and for all of these other these other channels that are out there. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a big loss of local content because it just didn't matter to them. They wanted to have all of the toys. They wanted to have all of the access to radio stations and all the rest of that. And as far as over the air television goes, I can see this exact same thing happening where the networks will go in and they'll, and they will buy up all of these local affiliates that are all independent now. And it'll be a kind of a similar process. And it's not, I mean, and let's face it, we're not that far away from it. Now you have the morning shows that are all network based. You have the game shows that are all network based. You have various news programs that are all network based. And that leads into the afternoon drive where you have more news programs and your comedies and dramas that are all network based. And if you're an NBC affiliate, you're basically, you basically have like maybe three to four hours a day where you kind of determine what content you're going to put out for your local market. And all the rest of it is determined by, you know, NBC in New York. Right. So, and and the worst part of this is just like with 
radio where it basically it's it's basically killed radio and radio was having a hard enough time surviving with streaming music and podcasts and you know the the wide selection if tell me if this sounds familiar the wide selection of content that you could download and listen to without annoying DJs and without annoying commercials right. and and all the rest of that and we're kind of starting to see that in the video space now too so if TV and and you if you want to go even farther back than that you look at all the problems that uh, movie outlets are having now. And it all kind of comes back to they decided that they were too important to lose. And so they started jacking up their prices, which in turn meant that studios started jacking up their prices. And now you have local movie outlets closing all over the place. AMC is in terrible trouble. And frankly, I mean, really, they all kind of are. So, you know, you had the previous story about Apple releasing more movies in movie theaters. It would Mm -hmm. not surprise me at all if Apple turned around and bought out one of these big movie chains to show their own movies. And, you know, I mean, Fox did it. Sony did it. A, A lot of other a lot of the other movie companies did that. They had their hooks into uh, all of these movie chains that are out there. And it's just a it's a consolidation that rarely works out well for local consumers. And, yeah. you know, I don't know what we can do about it. The regulations that are supposed to prevent this kind of stuff is kind of getting the, the wink and the nod from the politicians yeah. because and, – and money feeds all of it. Money feeds all of it. So radio stations die or become such bland imitations of what they were that it no longer matters. TV stations die or become so generic that it doesn't matter whether you're watching it in San Diego or uh, Nebraska. And right. so, I mean, how do you, how do you combat something like this? And I, I don't have an answer. I'm, I'm just kind of defining what I think the problem is. Yep. It just keeps going crazier. Did you have any final thoughts, Jeff, before we wrap this uh, topic up? I was just visualizing um, Max Headroom while Guy was talking. <laughs> and uh, now and now that you do that, the, the resemblance is uncanny. Now, I, I was thinking about uh, about big corporate TV as, uh, as a superpower and then the little pirate stations running out of, uh, out of a camper trailer and, and the little guys trying to, uh, to stick it to the big guys and really compete yeah. in a, in this dystopian world that really wants them to just die off. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That was a, that was a good, Good to chat about that topic, and uh, it's definitely going to continue to evolve. But uh, before we wrap up, I want to make sure we mention MaxDoc. MaxDoc 7 yes. is here. It is uh, The tickets are now on sale, and the speaker list is uh, is uh, filling up. Uh, yours truly is already announced. Uh, you'll, if you go to the site, you'll see me there on the top of the list. I'm going to be speaking again this year. This will be my seventh. I, th- I guess it will be live in-person the. the event there and the three of us have been there in one way or another and over and guy we, i know you've been there many I times i haven't missed you've, one yet that's right you have missed one yet so you and i both are in the same boat wow. we've been to all of them including all the virtual ones too there, there so, should be special awards for both of you yeah yeah well i, I might have a, i might have a little special. bit of an advantage but i do live local so <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're just a little bit closer yeah uh, i think the most amazing thing is how many different ways i can discover to get to chicago from washington dc <laughs> yes you've you've gone trains planes and automobiles so <laughs> and automobiles yes mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i guess i'll just be flying out yeah it might be a good idea yeah. uh so they got the weekend passes for two nine two ninety nine for the for both for both uh, both days. Or you, if you decide you only want to go to one or the other days, you could do that too. Um, it's going to be the same venue, which is exciting. McHenry County College, uh, which is located uh, outside of uh, outside of Woodstock, in Crystal Lake, Illinois, uh, and uh, it's going to be July twenty second. Such a nice theater. Yeah, yeah, we've had, we've it had is. a great thing. It's a really we've, nice venue. We've had a great uh, we've had a great experience there, and then they've been very. 
very generous and they, they give you a box. We get lunches every uh, both days. Uh, you get to meet and network with lots of us, these great people. And so uh, come check it out. We really want you to yeah. uh, we want you to come out and uh, see us and uh, and and hopefully we see all of you there. Um, you, you, if you want to get hotels, they have we have uh, they have, there is a break with the hotels at the Hampton Inn, which is close by to the to the venue. So uh, you know, go get to those links before those get all sold out. Uh, because you know that the hotel is going to fill up and it's going to be a lot more expensive. So I, yep. I found you need to see whatever area. ridiculous podcasting setup I have that year. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I laugh only because it's absolutely true. It is it true. Is. <laughs> yeah, it is true. So, so go check it out. That's maxdocconferenceandexpo.com. Uh, I've got a link in the show notes. Mike Potter is a great guy. He's been on the show a number of times. Uh, he's uh, he's do- he's doing an event, and the, they're actually going to be a. Uh, a kickoff event on YouTube. Uh, he's been sending out through tweets. So go follow him on Max Stock Expo. You can see that. And that's, that should, by the time you hear this, that it'll probably already be airing, but uh, you all go back and watch it so you can uh, see what's going on with the, uh, with the show. So check her out. It's going to be uh, great stuff. Yeah. Anything and, uh, and I think people should go and check the uh, speaker page because um, word on the street is it, it has recently been updated. There are new names showing up. Just there saying. is. Hmm. Oh, I got to go. I have to go look now. <laughs> the, the speakers. Well, look at that. Jeff Gamut is, is, is now Wait, going to be what? speaking. Look at that. Awesome. That That's great. So Jeff Gamut, you, for the, there's a reason to go all by itself is you got to come see Jeff this year, this, this year in Mexdoc. So sans pants. Yeah. That's right. Pants are always optional. Yes, no. So Despite we, what the court order says. So, so far we've got uh, Jeff and uh, Chuck Joyner, of course, and Mike Schmitz. Uh, Kirsten uh, Say is going to be there. Allison Sheridan's going to be there. And there's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a number of others. So I think it's going to be one of the best Mac stocks yet. So come join us. We'd love to see you. Uh, yes. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap things up for this week. Um, Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our feed, to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS. You also could follow us on Mastodon at uh, InTouchWithIOS to find us there as well. Uh, support the show by buying me a coffee at InTouchWithIOS.com slash coffee. We'd really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to Patreon.com slash InTouchWithIOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe when you are notified when we are live streaming, which is usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash with us, where, all the, uh, where you can watch and listen to the past shows. And listen to, uh, you can visit In Touch With iOS Magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into that magazine. Link is in our show notes. And you can subscribe in our to our show and our, your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website, InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I'm Dave Ginsberg. You can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65 at Mastodon.cloud. And uh, Guy Cyril, thanks again, as always, for being here. We really appreciate it. Where can people find Not you? Not a problem. Oh, you can find, you can uh, send me an email, Guy at MyMac.com. You can find me on uh, the Twitters. I am either Mac Parrot or uh, Vert Shark. Just trying to remember that for a second. Vert Shark is the website that I haven't updated in about three months. You can also find me over on Counter Social and Mastodon as Mac Parrot. They're all over there for your viewing and screaming up pleasure. <laughs> and uh, thank you. I'm Jeff Gamet. As always, it's great to have you. Where can people find you? It's always great to get to hang out with you. And Guy, you're okay, too. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay, so on socials, Twitter and Mastodon, Jay Gamut. That's where I'm most active right now. And then for podcasts, most Tuesday evenings on Chuck Joiner's Mac Voices Live, then Thursdays on The Big Show, and then most Thursday evenings here on Dave's show, and then on Fridays, The Mac Show, and then also on The Context Machine with Brian Chaffin, and then occasionally other shows, too. Yes. You like, get around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, um, like, like a social disease. Yeah, and actually, uh, speaking of of uh, 
of Mike Potter. Uh, I will be joining oh, wait, him tomorrow. Wait, hold on. How did, how did you segue from social disease to Mike Potter? <laughs> I'm not judging. That's all I'm okay. going to say. All right. All right. Fine. All right. Great. And uh, just a programming note, uh, we are going to take a week off here. I am on vacation, a much-needed uh, R&R, so we're going to take a week break here from the show, but we'll be back uh, the following week. Uh, but I think we, are, we have an exciting guest coming up. I'm going to tease and not say, but it's going to be fun. So, and uh, with that, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. We enjoyed doing it, and I hope you uh, enjoyed listening. And we'll stop, and we'll talk again soon. Bye.